So this morning, we're going to get into the Word, and I'm going to ask you to turn with me to a familiar portion of Scripture in John chapter 15, verse number 1 through verse number 5. And we have shared this particular setting of Scripture in the past, but the, this last week, the Lord just kind of led me in a different direction, and uh, so just bear with me for a moment, because um, it just seems to me it wasn't too long ago that I preached from this text, but as I say, I'm going to endeavor to take it a different direction this morning. But Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse number 1 through verse number 5, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, or he prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And then he said, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same will bring forth much fruit. And then he closes this setting of scripture, or this fifth verse, by saying these words. Without me... You can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. So we're going to stop reading right there this morning. I ask that you will bow your heads and let us pray together and ask the Lord for his help and his anointing in preaching the word. Father, we come to you this morning with a humble heart and, and acknowledge that we are insufficient to share your word as we should or as we could or as we ought to. But if you will touch me with the anointing of your Holy Spirit and you will give me divine utterance, that you will place your words in my mind and in my mouth, allow what I would speak this morning to come forth under the anointing of the Holy Spirit I ask today, Father, that you will allow Jesus to be glorified and allow your people to be edified. I ask that you would give me unction and to be an effective minister of your word. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the anointing of the Spirit will give us liberty in the house of God and that you will touch our hearts here today. And for all of these things, we will be eternally grateful and we will be thankful for them. We ask them now in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. amen. So I want to title my message this morning, Some Things That We Just Cannot Live Without. Some Things That We Just Cannot Live Without. As we begin this message this morning, I want to take just a moment to share with you the events that brought about the thoughts for my message today. This past week, I was watching a news 
broadcast, and I would, uh, they were airing w- uh, what I would consider to be a lighthearted news story. How many of you know there are not very many of those around these days? But they were airing a lighthearted news story, and they were making a list of the top ten things that they felt like that they just could not live without. And keep in mind that this was not a list of things that were actually necessities for survival like air and food and water and shelter and things of that nature, but it was more along the lines of things that they thought that they could not live without. And in reality, some of the things that they listed, we would have no trouble really living without them. So at the top of their list was money. Number one, money. Well, I agree, we all need money, but I personally, would it wouldn't be at the top of my list, amen? Uh, but at the top of their list was money, followed by number two, coffee. And my wife and I, we almost said, yeah, we could kind of agree with that one. (laughs) But I ranked hot biscuits and gravy right up above that. So, and then at number three was chocolate. And then internet access. Isn't it amazing how, you know, completely reliant we have become upon some things? And then number five, a computer or smartphone, followed by media and music. And then ranked at number seven, family and friends. I'm glad they made the list, (laughs) right? (laughs) So family and friends, and then at number eight, pets. Number nine, beer and wine. And number and number ten, tacos. <laughs> so I confess that some of their must-haves, you know, made me chuckle, and I was truly glad to see that at least family and friends made the list there. But uh, but it got me to thinking. If we as a believer were to put our list together, what are some of the things that we feel like that we just simply cannot live without? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we all have a list of things that are important to us, and we all have things in our life that we think that we could not live without when in reality we probably really could you know, I think you could probably turn from tacos to tamales. <laughs> you, could find, you could probably find a substitute, right? But, but, but as a Christian believer, let's, let's kind of turn our thoughts to the spiritual. And as a Christian believer following in the footsteps of Jesus, what would be our list of can't live without? What would that look like? What would yours look like? I submit in the realm of the natural, in the realm of the natural of life, there are some things that we think that we could not live without, but in reality, we really could. But 
I want you to know something this morning. There are some things that the scripture tells us that we absolutely cannot live without. And I want to speak to those things this morning. In the natural realm, there are some things that we could lay aside, but the scripture makes it unconditionally clear that there are some things that we absolutely cannot live without. The scripture makes it clear and makes it categorically and emphatically clear to us that there are some things that spiritually we cannot survive without. Amen. That means, of course, that we need to look at the word without. It means to, of course, means it means that there's something lacking. There's something missing to be deprived or to be void of or to need something. And spiritually, there are some things that we simply cannot live without. So this morning, that is going to be the focus of my message. And while the word without may seem to be very insignificant or one of the flyover words, if you will, of the Bible, amen, if you actually stop and look at some of the things that the Bible teaches that we cannot live without, there are some very profound verses that tell us that there are some things that we cannot live without. So with that in mind this morning, Consider with me some of the very important verses. I love to do word studies, and I love to, you know, dig into uh, words, you know, and where they where they are found in the Bible, and 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 where they are located, and what they what their significance means. And that's what I did with this particular word, without. So, with that in mind, I want to talk about six things that the Bible tells us that we cannot live without. Number one, it's in our text. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Without him, we can do nothing. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same will bring forth much fruit. Amen. But without me, he says, you can do nothing. I love that setting of scripture because it makes us to realize that we are an extension of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the vine and we are the extending branches. Beloved, in order for us to even experience spiritual life, we must be connected to the vine. In order for us to experience spiritual life, we must be connected to Jesus Christ. In order for us to experience being made a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, then we must be connected to the vine. In order for us to encounter being born again and in order for us to produce righteous fruit in our life, then we must be attached to the vine and without him we can do nothing without him we can produce nothing except the fruit of the flesh the fruit of our own nature 
But I tell you this morning that nothing we do should be for self-promotion, but our lives should bring glory and honor unto God. Nothing that we accomplish is for our personal benefit. Nothing that we have is truly ours. We are merely the branches receiving strength and fruit and nourishment from the vine. And without him, we can do and accomplish nothing. The Bible tells us in Psalms 24 and verse number one, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein, they belong to the Lord. Amen. First Corinthians chapter six and verse 19 and verse 20 said what? Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. Amen. Which you have of God and you are not your own for you have been bought with a price. You've been brought with a price. The blood of Christ has purchased you. And then he goes on to say, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which our gods they belong to God we belong to God we are amen we are the branches we are connected to the vine and unless we stay connected to the vine we can produce nothing but destruction but if we are connected to Jesus Christ then we can produce godly fruit Romans chapter 14 and verse 7 and verse 8 says for none of us live to himself and no man dies to himself for whether we live or whether we amen whether we live unto the Lord or whether we die unto the Lord whether we live therefore or whether we die we are the Lord's we belong to him and without him there is no life Without him, there is no life. The scripture makes it clear that we are not our own, but that we have been purchased, uh, amen, with a price. Uh, and everything that we have and everything that we do should be done as unto the Lord. It is all for the glory of the vine, all for the glory of Christ. Paul states in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5 and verse 7, he asks a question. There's a controversy about who is one of the greater ministers, Paul or Apollos. And, 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 and there's, amen, there's this contention between factions. Amen, well, I am of Paul, and no, I got saved under Apollos. And Paul says these words, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? They are nothing but ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave unto every man. He says, I planted. I planted the seed. Apollos came along and watered. But he said, God is the one that gave the increase. So he says in verse 7, So then neither is he that plants anything, neither is he that waters anything, but God, the one who gives the increase, he's the one. In other words, in essence, Paul is saying that the one who planted is nothing special and the one who watered isn't anything extraordinary. Amen. But oh, the one who gives the increase, the one that brings forth the fruit in our life, he is everything. And without him, we can do nothing. Hmm. So at the top of my list this morning, 
of things that we simply cannot live without. At the top of my list is my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I am nothing. Without him, I have nothing. But with him, I am someone in him. I have everything that I need. Amen. Without him, I can do nothing. Number two, the second thing that we cannot do without, that the scripture speaks about, something that we cannot live without, is the blood. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, and almost all things by the law are purged with blood. And then listen to this. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse number 11, God said to Moses, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it unto thee to use upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for your soul. So without the blood, we would have no remission for our sin. Thank God this morning that he shed his blood upon Calvary's cross that we might be forgiven of our sins. We must understand that without the shedding of the blood, there would be no salvation for you or for I. Without the shedding of the blood, there would be no eternal life. Without the shedding of the blood, there would be no relationship with our heavenly Father. Without the shedding of the blood, there would be no redemption and no restoration without the shedding of the blood we would still be dead in our trespasses and in our sins but oh thank God this morning for the blood of his son Jesus Christ that washes away every stain and every sin thank God amen for the blood of Christ that made us brand new creatures in Christ Jesus there is an old hymn that sings what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is that flow that makes me white as snow there is no other fount I know but the blood of Jesus Christ amen I tell you this morning we need with the blood of Christ and without the blood we would still be in our sin this morning. There is another old hymn that says, there is a fountain drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all of their guilty stain. You know, I, 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 was, I was once a sinner lost and on my way to destruction. But oh, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. I told someone this past week, you know, I have not always been a preacher. I mean, we all have a past. They were worried about some of the things in their closet. Well, let me just tell you, there's some things in my closet too. Hello? And if the truth be told, that's some stuff in your closet. 
But here's the good news. If you've prayed and you put it under the blood, amen, it is no longer there. God has given us a clean slate. Amen. God says to one and all in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13, the Bible said, And the blood shall be a token for you upon your house where you are. And God said, When I see the blood... I will pass over you. Amen. When God sees us, he sees the blood of his son that covers our sin. Amen, amen, amen. Let me give you some New Testament scripture. Ephesians 1 and 7 said, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and verse 19 said, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, you didn't purchase your salvation with monetary possession. You didn't purchase your salvation with silver and gold. But he said, but you've been redeemed by the precious blood of lamb of the lamb or Christ. You've been redeemed by the blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. Amen. First John 1 and 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship one with another and the blood blood of his son Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness thank God this morning for the blood because without it we would be lost without it we would be lost there would be no life without the blood of our savior amen we cannot live without the precious blood of Jesus we cannot live without Christ as the captain of our salvation. And we cannot live without the shedding of the blood. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blood of Calvary. Number three, the third thing that we cannot live without is faith. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We can all quote it. Without faith, it is what? impossible to please God we must have faith without faith it is impossible to please God the scripture is telling us that man cannot operate in the natural or in the carnal realm and please God but the economy of heaven operates on faith Amen. He that comes, he says in verse 6, he that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Scripture is telling us that we must operate in faith. That matches Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and verse 17. This is what Paul says. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. 
Amen. I'm telling you this morning, amen, we cannot if, we, if we're putting our list of cannot do withouts together, we have to have Jesus, we have to have the blood, and we have to have a faith in the atonement work of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 11 and verse number 22, Jesus says these words to his disciples. He answered them saying, have faith in God. And literally what he was saying in the Greek was have the faith of God. Live in faith. Live. When Jesus, amen, came walking up four days late to the tomb of Lazarus, Martha says to him, Lord, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And you know what Jesus said to her? You'll find it in John eleven forty. He said these words, said not I unto thee, said not I unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, you would see the glory of God. If you will walk in faith, what he's saying is if you will walk in faith, you will see the magnificent manifestation of the Spirit of God. Beloved, we will never be able to live this life uh, with all of its troubles and with all of its trials without having our faith anchored in the Lord. We will either operate in one of the two. We will either operate in fear or we will operate in faith. That's, the, that are you, that's your two choices. You will operate in fear or you will operate in faith. Amen, I'm here to tell you this morning. Amen, at the top of my list there along with Jesus and the blood. Amen, I need to have some faith. Can you say amen? Amen. John, 1 John 5 and 4, this is what it says. For everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. How do they do it? He tells us, 1 John 5 and 4. Everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. How, John? And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We must have faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. Our faith is what allows us to overcome this world. Our faith is what brings us victory in our life. Our faith is what empowers us to look hell right in the eye and tell the enemy, you may have knocked me down, but I am back on my feet and I am standing and ready to walk again. You may have put a trial in front of me, but I will be an overcomer by the grace and the mercy of my God. Mm. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith is seeing but still believing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things that are not seen. And I tell you this morning that we cannot and will not live our Christian experience without having faith in God. It's a must-have. It's a must-have. Number four, the fourth thing that we cannot do without is holiness. Holiness. This is what the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 14. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. Now this isn't, you know, I mean, we, we, you don't hear much about holiness in the church anymore. And the world sure don't talk about it. 
but we can't do without it. Because without holiness, no man will see God. Amen. It's seldom talked about in our society, but I will tell you this morning that God still demands for us to live a holy life. God still intends for us to live a holy life. And that simply means that Christ in our lives brings about such a change that we become a brand new man or a brand new woman, a brand new creation, and the old man and the old ways are passed away. They are laid aside, and behold, everything has become new. When I gave my heart to Jesus... There were some things that I used to do that I laid aside. Hello? Amen. We are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, proving what is that good and that perfect and acceptable will of God. Amen. Second Corinthians 6 and 16 says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And then he says these words in the 17th verse, wherefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean things and then I will receive you and I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty in 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 says having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh doing what protect or perfecting holiness in the fear of God amen we are to be a holy people Ephesians 1 and 3 and 4 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame, amen, in our love for him. What he's saying is that God has called us to be holy and without holiness no man will see God now understand what holy means because holiness in some circles means that you are supposed to wear your you know neckline up to here and your hemline down to here hello and and you can't cut your hair and I'm telling you I've seen it all heard it all I mean, I preach revivals in the South where if you wore a necktie, you were proud. If you didn't wear a necktie, you were irreverent. I mean, if you had jewelry, you were heathen. I've seen it all, heard it all, and they call it holiness. That's not what makes you holy. What makes you holy? What makes you holy? Jesus Christ makes you holy. 
He is the bridge between ungodly man and a holy and righteous God. And when we come to Christ, he gives us his righteousness and his holiness. And we need to walk in that with him. Without holiness, no man, I've got, I've got, I've got another six verses I could give to you. I'm going to read, I'm going to read 1 Peter 1.13. I'm going to move on with it. But Peter says, Wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation, at the coming of Jesus Christ. Be obedient, children, not fashioning yourselves according to your former lusts. Don't live in your former ignorance and your former sin. But he says, But as he which has called you, is holy. Be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Be, be holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, be holy for I am holy. We need to understand that holiness is being set apart for the service of our Lord. We need to be living by the standards of God and not the standards of this world. And holiness does not mean that God is calling us to perfection, but he is calling us to be distinct and separated from the rest of this world. We are literally being set apart and made holy because of our relationship with him. Amen. Without holiness, we cannot see God. Holiness is at the top of my list. Number five, the fifth thing that we cannot do without is works, deeds, actions, fruit. We cannot just give lip service, but we must be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. James chapter two and verse 26 says these words, for as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. Let me read it to you in the God's word translation. A body that does not breathe is dead. Can I get an amen there? A body that does not breathe is dead. And then he says, in the same way, faith that does nothing is dead. In other words, you can't just say, but your words have to be backed up with your actions, your deeds, your works, he calls them in the King James. James is expressing the fact that, amen, that we must act upon our faith. He says, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Show me your faith without your actions, and I will show you my faith by my actions. Amen. We cannot live just saying we believe and live a life of inaction, but the deeds and the actions of our life must manifest what we say we believe. So without Jesus, we can do nothing. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without holiness, no man shall see God. And without faith or without works, faith is dead, being alone. And the sixth thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about bringing forth this morning, the sixth thing is we 
We cannot do without love. We cannot do without love. Let me, let me read you what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 1 through verse number 3. He says, Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, if I do not have love, if I don't have charity, I am become as sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, I may have the gift, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains. He says, if I do not have love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor. How many of you know that's some good stuff? Man, I mean, I mean, if you, if you could speak with the tongue of men and angels and you have the gift of prophecy and you understand all mysteries and you have all knowledge and you, amen, have faith where you could just move mountains, that's some really deep stuff. And then he goes on to say, and if I bestowed all of my goods to feed the poor and even if I gave my body to be burned, if I do not have love, it profits me nothing. We have to have love. We can give our money away. We can have faith that will move mountains. We can give our body to be burned. But if we do not possess love, we are absolutely nothing. So along with my list of things that I must have, that as a believer we must have, faith needs to be in that list. The Bible tells us, in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But then listen what he says. But the greatest of these is love. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 14. says, above all things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I've often called Colossians 3.14 the super glue of the gospel. Here's what it says in the God's Word translation. Above all things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Wow, that is really powerful. It's love that binds everything together in perfect harmony. And we must be walking in a spirit of love. Jesus said by this, Will all men know that you are my disciples? If you have love one toward another, we simply cannot live a successful Christian life without walking in love. Some things that we cannot live without. Money is not at the top of my list. Tacos don't even rank. <laughs> and I love tacos. I mean, in my house, if, if, it, you know, if it'll go on a tortilla, we have it. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> it's true. So, uh, but, he, but, but he's saying, I mean, as a believer, here are some of the things that the scripture emphatically tells us that we must have. We cannot do without them. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. Without the shedding of the precious blood of Christ, there's no remission for sin. How many of you ever blew it and you sinned and you needed to be forgiven? Thank God for the blood. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without holiness, no man shall see God. Without faith, works is dead. We have to have actions that back up what we believe. Amen. And without love, we are nothing. So what does your list look like this morning? I encourage each one of us that are here today to operate in faith. Let's stay close to Jesus because without him, we are nothing and can do nothing. Let's thank God for the precious blood of the cross because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Walk in faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Operate in holiness because without it, no man will see God. Live our lives and declare the grace and the mercy of God by our actions and our deeds and our works, the things that we do, the fruit that we bring forth, and operate in love because without it, we can achieve nothing. Bow your heads, please, this morning. Some things that we cannot live without. I don't know this morning what is at the top of your list. But the Bible gives us a list of some things that we cannot do without. The natural man needs air, food, water, certain things in order to survive, shelter, certain things that we must have. Well, I tell you this morning that the spiritual man needs some certain things operating as well. Heads bowed, eyes closed, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for the unction of the Holy Spirit that I felt to deliver the word. Thank you for the truth that without these things in our lives, we would be lost. Without these things in our lives, we would be unfruitful. Help us to acknowledge and remember that we must stay connected to the vine. Help us to acknowledge that our faith is absolutely important, that the blood of Christ is the only thing that redeems. Help us to remember all of these points this morning that the scripture teaches that we cannot live without. And Lord, if, if some of these things have been eliminated from the list of our life. Maybe we're not walking in holiness as we should. Maybe we are not walking as separated from the things of this world as we could. Maybe our, maybe our, our faith is not as strong as it should be. I, I say this morning, Lord, help us to realize that all of these things need to be prevalent and evident in our life. Prevalent and evident in our heart. If there's something missing, Lord, please speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name we ask. Heads bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you are here today. Or maybe you are watching online. I ask you just to turn your eyes inward and ask yourself, 
Am I doing without some of the things that I must have? And if so, I pray that you will make that right with God before we leave here today. I pray that you will make that right with the Lord right now. Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts. Reveal areas of our life that maybe we have eliminated some of the things on the list that we need to have that we just simply can't do without. Maybe we've laid those things aside. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Help us to grow from the seeds of the word of God that have been planted here today. In Christ's name we pray. Stand to your feet all over the building. Come and sing. Come on.